Welcome back to He Leadeth Me, a spiritual formation podcast for Focus staff, students, and friends. I'm Jessica, Focus's Manager of Spiritual Formation, and today I am joined by Curtis Martin. Curtis is the founder and CEO of Focus. Curtis, it's great to talk with you today. Jessica, always nice to be with you. And Curtis, I asked you to join me today to talk about Focus's Marian Consecration. So twice a year, on the feasts of Our Lady of Fatima and Our Lady of Guadalupe, Focus renews its consecration to Mary. This is a really unique practice, and it's really special. Well, long before Focus, I had made the personal consecration to Our Lady, and so really critical. And Just a brief part, because part of this is autobiographical, to recognize that I was away from the church, but it was leaning back in. I was reading the scriptures, and they were sounding more and more Catholic all the time. I discovered the fathers, and I could see myself coming back, but I, I had a lot of questions. And all of a sudden, I came across Our Lady of Fatima and the story, and all of the main questions, the Pope, the Eucharist, the Blessed Virgin Mary, were all there, and uh, along with a call to conversion to Christ. And I have always thought that Our Lady of Fatima, both in the story historically, but also through her personal presence in my life, expedited my return to the church in a massive way and provided a, a kind of a view of we are living through a, a dark, difficult time where because of rebellion, God has withdrawn some of his grace from the culture and we are left to our own devices uh, and that we, that's going to continue until we repent and then Mary's Immaculate Heart will triumph and there'll be an era of peace. That's been the paradigm I've lived with since I came back to the Catholic Church. It's the paradigm I was working uh, under when uh, focus came to be. And so I've always had this sense of a great longing to be and to understand the world through the vision of Our Lady of Fatima. And so we were working along as an organization and growing by God's grace. And at the same time, I think, what do we need to do to be better disposed to be agents of the Holy Spirit in the work of evangelization? You don't have to get too creative as Catholics. It's, it's basically the same most important things. Are we close to the sacraments? Are we pursuing uh, a, a, the life of grace and of virtue? And then in addition to that, where are our greatest friends? And of course, the greatest friend of any Christian after our Lord himself is Our Lady. And so as we were talking in leadership, it was, uh, we really want to invite everybody as a, as a group to this consecration, not just a group of individuals, many of whom were already uh, individually consecrated. We're thinking of praying. And by that time, I had also developed a great devotion, along with many of the leaders, to Our Lady of Guadalupe, who brought about one of the greatest moments of evangelization in a 10-year period of time and continues for centuries. And so, and, and she's a patroness of the Americas as well. So as we're leaning in, we're saying, well, is it Fatima or is it Guadalupe? What about Lourdes and all these other titles? And what do you do? And, uh, and we said, well, I don't think we have to choose between Fatima and Our Lady of Guadalupe. It's the same woman on you know, two manifestations. Why don't we highlight her under these two titles? This great woman of evangelization and Our Lady of Guadalupe, this great woman who really brought Christ to the Americas when there was the infrastructure, the church was not strong, but millions and millions of people came. And then to go back to this issue of Fatima and say, Our Lady of Fatima, we want to be like those children of Fatima. Uh, one of the echoes in my mind is Lucia asked if she was going to heaven. And Our Lady of Fatima said, yes, very quickly. And she said, is Jacinta going to heaven? And there's a brief pause and she said, yes. She says, is Francisco going to heaven? And there's a long pause and Our Lady says, First, Francisco must pray many rosaries. 
And so I really do believe that part of the call is, is not only for us to pray rosaries, but to encourage other people to pray rosaries, to pray rosaries together. And so this was a whole effort to follow the invitation of Our Lady of Fatima and beg the grace of Our Lady of Guadalupe that we could be a great instrument. And if not us, that God would use other instruments to reach the world for Christ. That's incredible. So how long has this been going on in focus that the whole organization is participating in the Marian Constitution? So I knew you were going to ask me that question, and I, I didn't get to Father John Logger to find out. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, that it's been about eight or ten years, so about half of our existence. Wow. Yeah. And did you notice any graces coming from that right away when you first did that consecration? Yeah, I mean, we. well, it's, it's funny. It, the same year that we did that, Steve Minnis consecrated Benedict College, and we both, both organizations, both individuals, both experienced unprecedented difficulties and challenges. They had the first year where they had small refreshment class that they'd had the year before for the first time since he'd been there. And we had a number of difficulties that arose also. But I've, it's been my experience in Christianity that sometimes uh, our Lord shows his favor by allowing us to get a little closer to him on the cross. Uh, it's nothing we couldn't bear. And then from that, we saw a tremendous growth. I think the staff uh, members who are with Focus really have come to be great men and women of prayer. And compared to their peers, while they don't compare to uh, maybe the, the Carmelite sisters their age, but for a group of lay, lay men and women, it's a really wonderful thing. And it's, it's a deep devotion to our Lord in the Eucharist, but also a, a great love of Our Lady. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that those two titles were chosen because Fatima really focuses on what is spiritually needed for the grace of conversion. And Our Lady of Guadalupe focuses on the action that God wants us to take. And I had never really been that devoted to Our Lady of Guadalupe when I came into focus. And yet that devotion has grown so much because people have especially explained to me the connection between making disciples and St. Juan Diego and Our Lady of Guadalupe. Could you talk a little bit about that? Well, I'm not sure if I'm going to talk about exactly what you're thinking about, but there's the great thing of, of Juan is that he's, he's actually, he just really does not have the capacity. He doesn't know how to go speak to the bishop. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't think he's worthy. And Our Lady comes to him and says, I'm your mother, and I, I, I'm here, and I'm, just, I'm going to ask you to do things that are outside of your comfort zone, uh, that I'm going to ask you to do things that are beyond your capacity. There's no way that you, a man, a peasant man, are going to convince a bishop to build a church on, on a hill. It's not going to happen. Um, but I'll work through. And so he trusts her, and, and she works through. Uh, what I love about discipleship is while it's deeply spiritual and very lofty in the sense that you're drawing people to union with the Blessed Trinity, you're also walking with them in, the, in their basic needs of their life. And so he's got a sick uncle, and all of a sudden she heals the uncle. Uh, and, and it's just this great thing. And when he finally does get this uh, second meeting with the bishop, and he, I don't know what to do. I'm going to bring some flowers. Oh, that's going to make a difference. And of course, the Tilma has, has miraculously received the image of Our Lady, and the bishop is brought to conversion uh, instantaneously, as many thousands. I mean, it's the most visited shrine of Our Lady anywhere in the world, uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I didn't have a great devotion to her when, when Focus was first founded under that title. But as we began to journey there more and more and realize a couple of things. First, that um, she really is the, the patroness of, of the Americas, and we're centered here. She brought about the greatest mass conversion under that title any, that's taken place anywhere. And then another one that's kind of interesting is that the 500th anniversary of her appearing will be in, in Focus's 33rd anniversary. And when we started, we, we introduced a model of evangelization that if you were to practice it for 33 cycles, would reach the world for Christ. And so there's always this sense of, bless mother, 
as we approach the 500th anniversary, uh, would, would you unleash the grace uh, of mass conversions as you did in Mexico and all of the Americas, but really in Mexico? And we're just begging for that because the church, I, I'm always humbled the more I think about it, at no point in time in history have even half the people on earth had saving faith in Christ. And it's a challenge. In fact, I was in my prayer time today, I was thinking, you know, really, it was shortly after the flood, certainly by the time of the Tower of Babel. Since then, the majority of people on earth have not believed in the God of the covenant. We need to have a, a desperate urgency because I know that God the Father longs for them. It's a beautiful thing to see how he would send Our, our Lady when the church isn't ready to help. And we we're, we're want to say, what if both? What if we raised up men and women who would live discipleship and the grace of Our Lady of Guadalupe would both go before and we'd watch an unprecedented incoming of people to faith in Christ and into the church. That is so true. And, you know, Mary has that desperate urgency that you're talking about. And when we consecrate ourselves to her, she shares it with us. Yes. It was just uh, reading the biography or autobiography of St. Faustina, and she's uh, talking about with our Lord, and, and all of a sudden she's been suffering. And Our Lady appears with the child Jesus and said, I am always with you. I, I, I'm your mother, and as you suffer, I'm, I'm there. And I just think it's a great sense. We have no, no idea, no idea how much Jesus and Mary love us. And that's so comforting to think about, especially if you're struggling in your missionary work or you're feeling tired, you can be renewed by the fact that Mary is with you, your mother is interceding for you. Yeah, missionary work is... One part exhausting and the other part kind of tedious and, and not very glamorous. There's just, it's a lot like parenting in some ways. There are glorious moments in parenting, but a lot of it is changing another diaper, washing more clothes, giving the same correction for the 50,000th time, uh, whatever it might be. I think, I don't know that I'm making any progress. But while it's slow, it's spectacular to be able to, to watch this. And that's what I, I love about it. But I know that missionaries do get tired. And they start to question, is this a good way for me to use my time? And I think to be able to have that confidence in Jesus and Mary, that there is a sense of urgency in them. She goes in haste at the very beginning of salvation history as uh, she goes to, to care for her kinswoman, Elizabeth, and that she has that spiritual haste, which is beautiful. Yes, and I think all of us need to pray more that we would have that haste too. No, I, I was uh, talking with our national uh, chaplain, Father Kevin Dyer, and he was sharing the story of Ankara, Turkey, which is receiving converts from all the time from Islam. And I said, what are you doing to bring out the Vatican? He goes, nothing. Mary's appearing to Muslims and telling them that, that to believe in Jesus and join the Catholic Church. And, and I think what I'm left with is, well, God's sending her because we're not listening to his call to go. And so how about again? Can we do both? I, I, I don't want to in any way not have Mary uh, miraculously involved. But uh, part of that is why we did the consecration. Mary, would you work through us? Yes. You are the icon in many ways of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is intimately united to you in a way that no other human person is united. Could you bring the power of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the principal agent of evangelization. And you are almost like a tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. It's amazing to, to see. And, and I believe that she is the star of the new evangelization, as is the title she's been given. And so we really want to be close to her and rely on her as the example. She's the first and best disciple. Yes, that's so true. Now, Curtis, one of the things that I love about these consecrations twice a year is that it's not just you and maybe the chaplains or the executives making the consecration, but you've asked everyone in focus to make this consecration and to pray it passionately. Now, we're going to be renewing that consecration on December 12th. 
Yes. So uh, in the days leading up to that, I'd like to encourage our staff to prepare themselves to make that consecration with us. Absolutely. Do you have any advice on how you can prepare yourself to make a consecration? You know, it's I do, but I'm going to, I'm going to preface it by saying I actually would want to defer to our brand new senior national chaplain, Father Kevin. And, and, and while we, we've been talking, I want him to be able to make the lead. He just drew up some uh, guides for us for prayers for rosary and uh, the chaplet, which I think are awesome. And, but I want him to lead on that. So what we're trying to do is, obviously, Jessica, we are spread all over the world. Uh, and so we're together physically very, very infrequently. But can we message through the organization that this is something we want to be united at? And, and despite the, the geography that challenges us, there's no reason we can't be united. And the consecration provides a tremendous opportunity on those particular days, on the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe on December 12th, to be able to sit back and say, can we all be united for a moment, reconnect within the Lord, with one another, as we dedicate and rededicate ourselves to the queenship and the motherhood of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So I would want to encourage all the staff, and not just the staff, but the students, and not just the students, but all of our friends, the benefactors, those who pray for us, those who support us financially, join with us. This is a, this is a movement uh, uh, within our work that allows us to be more deeply united to God. And uh, we want to share that with everybody who's already walking with us in whatever way. And so uh, please join us. Yes, and if all those people you mentioned join us, we could have thousands of people doing this consecration. That is so powerful and such graces. It really yeah. is. And so we're, we're very, very hopeful. I, as you know, preparing to start giving thanks for the 25 years of service for our 24th year, we're going to start with an emphasis on looking back and what have you done, Lord, and thank you, and just praise God for the amazing conversions and things that have happened, just extraordinary, miraculous realities, and, and many, many people coming to us. At the same time, as the, as the year goes on, we'll look back towards the future and say, Lord, what do you want for us? How can we be better prepared to serve you and serve the new evangelization? And uh, we want to, part of that is we really do want to invite. We've got 26,000 students that are involved every week in Focus, and many more that are involved you know, every so often, we've got 50,000 alumni, a thousand of whom were former staff, 1,200 former staff, and we want them. And then we've got over 100,000 supporters, and and we we don't want your money. We want you. Uh, we want your heart. We want to bring you on mission with us. We we're grateful for your financial support. We couldn't work without your financial support. But really, we want the, to live the reality that where your treasure is, there your heart is also. We're really after your heart, not your wallet. So join us in the consecration. Now, Curtis, as we are closing our time, is there anything else that you would want to communicate to our staff, students, and friends about this Marian consecration? Yeah, we talked on a little bit, Jessica, but I would say this. I, if I could do anything as a, as a brother in Christ, I, I would like to encourage you to a sense of urgency. The reality of the matter is, is that uh, people are given one life, and it lasts forever, but what they do with it here on earth will determine where they go from here. As St. John Henry Newman said, everyone who ever lived still does somewhere. And, and so we want, the only way we know people get to heaven is when they come to saving faith in Christ. Can somebody cry out for mercy to a, a God they don't know? And will God be merciful? We can tr they trust that's true. Will they? That we don't know. Um, and so we want people to know about his mercy and his love now. And there's a sense of urgency. We have one lifetime. We don't believe in reincarnation. And so we really want to have confidence in the little way of evangelization, that by loving a few and imparting not just faithfulness, but fruitfulness, which is exactly what Mary did. It was just the three of them, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus, but the most fruitful threesome in the history of the world. And to be able to recognize this, and Jesus imitated that and just loved a handful of 12 guys. 
and to be able to understand that. And so we really want to dedicate ourselves under her queenship as our mother, that we would draw closer. And that begins with prayer. So join us in praying. Thank you so much, Chris. This is so inspiring. And I'm excited to do the consecration uh, this December. Thank you for your time today. Sure. Could we please close with you offering yeah. a prayer for everybody sure. who's listening? Also want to express my gratitude for your great work in the spiritual formation of the staff. We are incapable of doing what our mission calls us to do, but we are capable of turning to God and he can then make us capable. And so what you're doing is central to everybody else's work and focus. So thanks. But let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, we come to you asking for the special protection and care of the Blessed Virgin Mary to be over us. Lord, we know that when she prays to you, you listen to her as a faithful son and a loving son to his mother. So we have great confidence in that intercession. And so we entrust, Blessed Mother, the cares of evangelization. First of all, the, the spiritual health and the salvation of, of everyone involved with Focus, the staff, the students, the benefactors, the alumni. But we also beg for an unprecedented, unimagined increase in spiritual fruitfulness that multitudes of souls, not just thousands, not just tens of thousands, or even hundreds of thousands, not just millions, but billions of people would come to faith in Christ in this generation. Pray for all those listening. Blessed Mother, please pray for them in a particular way that they experience the joy of their salvation in Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Curtis, and thanks, everyone, for listening.